0: In today's episode of Board Game Impact, I'm looking into board game-related New Year's resolutions. You're listening to Board Game Impact, a podcast where we look into board games and related topics so that way you can know the impact that they may have for your gaming group. My name is Bruce Brown, and I'm your host. And outside of this channel, I'm a leadership educator, and I'm working on my PhD in human resource development with the goal of helping people and organizations unlock their potential. I pull in this background and this research focus to help build this content for your benefit. You can connect with me on BoardGameGeek as Bruce Brown, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon as BoardGameImpact. So... Many families and many people have uh, some different hallmark things that they do around this time of year. So if you're listening to this before New Year's or after New Year's, a lot of this can still get pulled in to actually help enhance this time of the year or to set you off on the right foot potentially. And so that's why I wanted to put this content out there because this is such an important time for many people around the world. Specifically, for many different areas around the world, people have different traditions that they do to metaphorically start the year off on the right foot. Um, Some examples may include a champagne toast at midnight. I know that my brother and sister-in-law do this one where every year they go out and get the newest release of their favorite champagne, and they always, always, always uh, make sure to have a champagne toast, and then they actually save that bottle and the cork from year to year um, as a little memento of all the things that they've done from the past year, but then also to save that as a memory. Now, I'm living in the south and for many people around here actually having black-eyed peas on New Year's Day sometimes with some cornbread is deemed as giving good luck for the year ahead. Some different traditions around the world, uh, burning paper stuffed scarecrows in Ecuador or burning an effigy in Panama. Um, In Spain it's good luck to eat exactly 12 grapes, not 11, not 13 or more or less, uh, exactly 12 grapes. There's this really cool thing in Bolivia where uh, people will make what they call a sweet coin, which is similar to a New Orleans... King cake uh, from Louisiana for Mardi Gras. For, for the Mardi Gras cake, the king cake, what they do is they hide this little plastic baby in it. And if you get this, that slice, it's deemed to bring you good luck as well as you have to provide the cake for the next year. A sweet coin in Bolivia, same idea, minus the baby, add in money coins. Um, and if you get a slice that has a coin in it, then that's going to bring you uh, good luck and you have good fortune for the year ahead. So I'm curious if there's anything that you're doing to start the year off on the right foot or things you've done in the past that seem to make a difference or were just fun. But the real focus of today is on a different topic, and that is on New Year's resolutions. And... Many people around the world start off their year by setting goals for themselves to work towards in the upcoming year, Um, to be more fit, uh, to go to the gym more, exercise more, eat less, um, and bad things, eat more good things. Um, Some people, though, for our hobby, for board games, set board game-related goals for themselves for the year. And what I wanted to do in today's episode is really focus in on that and focus in on some things that you might want to think about doing for the year ahead. So again, regardless if you're listening to this before New Year's or after New Year's, these are things you can still add to your list to try and do this upcoming year because you've got a whole year to get it done. And many of these, it's not about having it happen on a weekly basis. It's just about doing it overall. And so, Hopefully, this is helpful. Um, these examples uh, are going to include some different things in terms of the uh, quantity of plays, uh, different types of experiences, things related to the hobby, but I'm not going to leave it at just that. I would be doing you a disservice. What I'm actually trying to do is present options to you, show some research on New Year's resolutions in general, and then offer some tips for success that are shown to actually make these things help uh, helpful and actually happen. Uh, Because sadly, spoiler alert, majority of New Year's resolutions don't get completed around the world. And so I want to see you in the top percent that does if you're choosing to do any of these. Okay, so board game goals. Um, The first section I briefly mentioned about is quantity based goals. Um, There's one of three ways that this kind of plays out. The first way is in which it's number of uh, repeated plays of a certain game or a certain amount of games, um, that the total number of games that you might play in a year, um, that does not mean playing that one game a whole bunch of times, but just total amount of plays, or a variation between column A and column B. So the mo- one of the most common things you'll see on Board Game Geek is the thing called a 10 by 10. What it is, it's committing yourself to playing 10 games that you're going to identify most likely at the beginning of the year, And then you will then play each of those games and committing to playing each of those games 10 times each. So you have 100 total plays within those 10 games alone. Now, you might play one of those games 20 times. But in order to meet your goal, you need to hit all of those games 10 times. Now, some people... May write in there, okay, it can be uh, this game, or sometimes leave some of those blanks empty because they're gonna they know some games are coming out, or they want to add in some room for new hotness or life things that come up. And so, you might identify your top seven and then add in like three spaces that you're going to identify during the year. Some other variations on that are doing a 20 by five, playing 20 games five times each. So again, 100 plays overall, but in total, you are uh, going to be going and looking at 20 specific games. Another one is to play 100 different games at least one time each. So again, it still adds up to that 100 total, but this, in, this one has it where you're looking at 100 different games, which is really cool um some people get a little bit more ambitious than that um in some ways and they actually go for 250 total plays now this does not mean that it has to be the same game you can play the same game so if you play one game five times well there's five plays and so uh understanding that and, uh, and setting your goals you might be like i want to play 200 plays um this year or some people even go as far as 500 plays There's another one, too, that's kind of cool, and that is playing your collection. Now, this might be hard for some people to track, uh, but there's actually a really easy way to do it. Um, So by playing your collection, it's playing every single game in your entire collection at least once. A way that some people do this is they get those little post-it note strips, not the big ones, because some of these games are smaller, right? Um, And what they do with them is they put those little post-it notes on... Every single game where it's visible. Once you take it off the shelf and play it, you take the post-it note off. If you take it off the shelf, don't play it. You leave the post-it note on. And so that way, at the end of the year, you know what games you have played, what games you haven't played. Um, And you might want to make decisions based on that. Now, some games might be harder for you to get to the table, and that's our whole next section, and that that is about more of these big games, Um, so epic, campaign, and legacy-style games. So I'm actually going to be doing an episode in the future where I look at these three things, so epic, campaign, and legacy, and what the difference might be, Um, but I'm going to give you a kind of a cursory overview of each of them and how they might be a goal for you that you might want to set for the year. So the first one is playing a big, epic game. Uh, so this might be playing Twilight Imperium 4th Edition, which averages about an hour and a half to two hours per player. And it's really best at the higher player count, so between four and six players. So that being said, if you have all new players, it's going to probably be at least two hours per player. So you're committing to eight hours. If you have a full six-player player game going of Twilight Imperium, you may be sitting there for 12 hours, plus like bathroom breaks, things like that. So can time can stretch on the game is phenomenal. I actually got it to the table twice this year, and loved it. But that might be what you have for a goal, just getting one of those types of games, maybe Twilight Imperium, or the ring or some other examples to the table. The next one is really looking at those campaign-style games. You might want to complete one of the campaign-style games you have in your collection, or a friend has, or one that's coming out. And so, completing every single scenario that you can within that campaign. So, for example, Gloomhaven. This game has been super popular over the last essentially two years, a year and a half. That game in the base game has up to 94 scenarios that the players may go through. Now, I say up to because depending on your choices in the game, you might no longer have access to some of the scenarios uh, because it might be go rescue this person. Well, if through other events you find out that person has something else happen or another group rescues him, well, you can't do that anymore. Uh, And so really trying to play through as much of it as you can. You can even do a more simpler one such as Mechs vs. Minions, which has a phenomenal production value and that's put up by Riot Games. You can get it directly from their website. Mechs vs. Minions has around 15 scenarios that you can go through. Now, the last type of game within this category is what's called a legacy game. So you might want to play through an entire legacy game. game, Some legacy game examples are such as uh, Pandemic Legacy Season 1 or Season 2, maybe playing through both of them. And each of these legacy games have unlocks in the game that permanently alter the game board, components, add new elements to the game. And some other examples of this might be the newer Betrayal Legacy or playing through Charterstone by Stonemaier Games, which I did this past year. It was a great experience to unlock some of the different things and see how much changed in our experience. So we did that game over 12 sessions, which was wonderful. Now, you might wanna go at things from a different lens. For some of you, finances might be your biggest concern, and that's completely okay. When you're looking at finances, you might want to just spend a maximum amount on gaming, while others may commit themselves to finding new homes for some of their games. So if you have done one of those resolutions where you want to play every game in your collection and did that Post-it note... Well, at the end of the year, at the start of the new year, you might be like, hey, what do I do with all these games that I haven't played? Should I keep them? And so if you've done that or you've had those reflections in the past, well, maybe you might want to find new homes for them. Spread the hobby. That can be through selling them. Uh, uh, That might be on the Board Game Geek Marketplace or things at different conventions. Or you can donate them to schools, churches, libraries. Just make sure that the games you're giving actually match the experiences that are being fostered there. Um, Some games might not be appropriate to give to a school um, just to call that or to a church. And so just make sure you're doing some due diligence there or simply give some of your games to a friend. If, if you know that this game, like, Hey, you have it, you enjoy it, but it's not going to get to the table. Um, or if it's like it's not your style game, but it's definitely your friend's game, like your friend's style game, maybe give it to them. They're definitely going to remember that and be really appreciative of it. Because uh, you just gave them an experience that they're going to have for the, potentially the rest of their life, depending on how long they hang on to it. And that could be really fulfilling for you. These goals can come in a different way. You might want to learn a role playing game such as Dungeons and Dragons, fifth edition, Monster of the Week, Pathfinders, or different other ones, and then game master that for your group of friends, or family, and to create a new experience and try something new in the hobby. Or on the same note, you might want to take that, the experiences that you've had and teach somebody else how to do it. And so these goals don't have to be focused on you. They can also spread the hobby. Be intentional. Maybe set a goal of, you know what, I want to introduce at least five new people to the hobby or play games with five new people in my hometown. That might be really good for you. A way for you to kind of get some different experiences with people and is also to attend a board gaming convention. You may be a smaller local convention or attending some larger convention. So another goal and the final goal I'm going to throw out here for you to consider is a little bit more from the creation lens, why not try and design a board game? Do research on what it takes uh, to actually design a board game. Read some of the books that I've talked about in this podcast in the past, and just put something out there, maybe play test it a couple times. It doesn't have to be great, it doesn't have to be perfect, but you might learn something new about how you go about reading rule books, uh, how you go about evaluating a game and seeing if it's your style, style game, and also really learn some of the nuances and might become a better player to So now that I've gone through some different board game related goals, you might want to set, as I told you, I wanted to also share with you some of the research on New Year's resolutions, and then also equip you with some tools that might help you actually accomplish your goals, whether the board game related or not. And so according to the US News and World Report, sadly, 80% of New Year's resolutions fail by February. That's crazy in the first after the first month of people going out there and trying to accomplish their goals, they fail. And that's why I wanted to do this for you and really share some things that are going to help you get set up for success. So that way you're able to engage more with the hobby and enjoy these things that you're doing and setting yourself up for because your goals should be aligned to your outcomes that you're wanting to see and should really fill your bucket and make you more connected to the hobby the first thing is recognizing the locus of control for the goals that you set. So an example of this might be, I want to earn more money at work. Well, that's an extrinsic goal, and the problem with that is that's going to come down for many people to their employer choosing to give that person more money, recognizing you could work your tail off, but if you're not getting recognized by your employer or if that's just the financial situation doesn't allow you to get a promotion or to get more funding then it might not be in the cards and so immediately that goal might be doomed before it even begins and so recognizing that your locus of control might doom you before you begin or set you up for a lot of success another thing you can do is find a way to organize your goals So that way, during the process of a year, you don't lose track of them, A, but B, can be encouraged by the progress that you're making. Some of these things, so if you're thinking about it, tracking, I'm going to play 100 different games. That can be daunting to track. uh, And so finding a way for you to track these things is gonna be important. A very common thing is just simply setting a sheet of paper in a common place with your goals listed on it with check boxes. So if you're doing a 10 by 10, well then you have a grid that's 10 by 10 and some space to the left of it where you'll write the name of those games and then you'll simply fill in the box every time you play that game or put the date in it. That might be even cooler so you can see when the last time you played it was. Several Etsy shops also have things to help with this. Uh, They actually create these really super high quality uh, wooden boards that have little meeple inserts for you to move the meeple along the 10 by 10 and a nice little uh, dry erase section on the left hand side for you to write in each year. If that's something you're going to want to do from year to year, it might be something worth investing in. What I highly recommend though is using an app on your phone or other device uh, such as BG Stats and some other similar ones that track your plays. Many of these also have a challenge add on that you can add on for a simple nominal fee. I think it's like a dollar or two dollars. But if you're thinking about it, that's gonna help you accomplish your goals and also take away all of this micromanaging and back end administration that might be daunting and clogging up your process from actually making these goals happen. Overall, though, for you to hit your goals, here are three mantras I want you to follow make it simple, make it meaningful, and make it smart. Make it simple. Make your goals something that you can easily recite to other people, something you can easily write down on a small post-it note, those little square ones. If it's too involved, it'll be less likely to happen and there's more points where it could potentially fail. So it's not just about keeping it simple. Or you can just write it down or recite it real easily. It's really about making it easy to understand and you're not jumping five steps ahead when you're really your goal should have been level one. And so really focus in. And when I get to the smart aspect, that's going to help you with that. But really think, okay, am I making it simple? Or am I adding a lot to this process? Make it meaningful. As you're going, there are going to be times where you may fall behind. It's just life happens sometimes. These tests that you encounter, when you equip yourselves with the strength of meaning and having these goals as something that do truly mean something to you will help push you through them. Also, if it's a meaningful goal, then you're likely to speak about it with passion to others. And research shows that passion and hearing the passion and feeling the passion from somebody else makes someone else flock towards you, which may also fill your bucket in a way you didn't expect. Uh, Just rally behind you and your goal, ask you about it and create feedback system. Have your goals meaningful enough that you want to savor them throughout the year and create memories and enjoying that process. Those positive, meaningful connections psychologically will enhance your experience and you'll be more inclined to do the behavior again. We like to do things that make us happy. And so, if these goals are meaningful and filling your bucket, you're likely to continue the process of doing them and see them through to fruition. Make it smart. One of the most important lessons I can teach you on this is setting SMART goals. For those of you who have heard about this before, this is going to be a nice reminder, but I've actually found a lot of people don't know what SMART goals are. So SMART is an acronym. It stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Realistic, and Timely. Some also call that time-oriented. So I'm going to go into those real quick. So specific. If your goal is just play more games, well, that's not going to do much for you. Define more. Be specific. So for a 10 by 10, that's perfect. Well, I'm going to play 10 games 10 times, but name those games. But that wasn't a good goal in itself, just doing a 10 by 10. That's not good enough. Making it measurable. You can create a nice little simple checklist. Did I do play these 10 games 10 times? Yes. No. Here are the dates I did it or didn't. Those little things can really help and also makes it easier for somebody else to understand the actions behind what's going on without you having to spell it out. The next thing is actually looking, is it attainable? And so I personally, from last year's BGG uh, Secret Santa from 2017, my Santa got on me real hardcore about, hey, I see that you don't log plays. Well, honestly, I didn't really know how to do that a year and a half ago. And my Santa taught me and so for the last year, I've been tracking my games. And I can tell you right now that I have played 165 different games this year. So when I'm looking at these goals, if I was to set the goal of I'm going to play 500 plays this year. Well, I just told you that given my life this past year, I played 165 games, it might not be attainable for me to say 500. It might be a nice little stretch goal for me to say something like 200, though. And so I want you to think about that as you're framing your goals. Is it actually attainable? Give yourself that real gut check. Now, this shouldn't be something, yeah, I got this real easy. So I wouldn't set a goal of, I'm going to play 100 games. That'd be dumb. I know that without trying, I got to 165 this year. So your goals should push you, but not stretch you to the breaking point and not be something that you're going to just accomplish because what was the point of doing this process in the first place? If it was already something you were going to accomplish. Along that line is is it realistic? Given the life circumstances that you have that you know about right now for the future, is it going to be realistic? Do you have the capability to do some of these different things? And so what I mean by that is if one of your goals is to really play these epic games, um, these like big experience games. Well, do you have, or these legacy games, do you have a group of people that you could call on that are going to come to the table time after time for things like Gloomhaven to play through up to 94 scenarios? Do you have that capability? You might not. And that's okay. We're all in different, different life circumstances. You might be able to solo that that might be more realistic But just understanding that as you're framing this can really help you hone in on crafting that goal. And the last one is going to be the easiest one for you to accomplish. And that's make it timely or time oriented. And so what I mean by that is essentially whenever you're making a goal, set a deadline for these things. Now I say this is the easiest one because these are New Year's resolutions. These are things you're accomplishing throughout this year. It should not be something that you're going to do, okay, I'm going to set a goal for the first week of the the year. Well, that's not a New Year's resolution. That's just a goal. Um, That's just something you're working towards. And so these are things you're completing by the end of 2019. So December 31st uh, at at midnight, I'd be doing a disservice and uh, not being truthful if I didn't also share some of my goals with you. And so these are not all of my goals. I have goals with my wife. I have goals for our family. I have goals uh, with my extended family. I have goals with uh, some aspects with work and the projects aspects that I can control. But I also have things here with this channel and also with my gaming. And so one of those is during my PhD studies this year, I will research one board game related topic for a project and I will work on it and turn it in for an assignment. I've already got some ideas on how I might be able to make that happen, but that's going to take work. It's going to take a lot of research to get there and a lot of time to write some of these papers because when I'm talking to paper, it's usually at least 30 to 40 references and about a good 30 page paper um, taking in different scholarly works for a good amount of time and doing a lot of research online. And so that is a good goal for me of incorporating and bringing these two things more together. Some other goals that I have, I want to grow the board game impact Instagram, which is in this past week alone, got 20 new followers, which I'm very thankful for. But I want to grow that to having more than 1000 followers. It's been growing a lot, but that's a nice goal for me to set. And I don't know when that can happen. I'll just be honest, but I know I want to get a thousand plus. I'm working for it. Um, It's something that really fills my bucket. I think Instagram is one of the most positive social media platforms out there. And so that's something I want to work towards. For this podcast and also some other visual things, I want to generate and publish at least two videos and two podcasts a month uh, for Board Game Impact. That is my goal. Now, if you've looked on the website, it says that I'm going to be putting out 20 episodes uh, of the podcast in a year, and so this goal would actually have me at 24. Um, but that's saying two per month. Um, but just wanted to put that out there is it's something that I'm working towards. Another thing is I've been working with a graphic designer for the last couple months to actually design a new logo and some new things for the channel. Uh, And so what I want to do is finalize that new logo. And then I want to create some tangible board game impact items for my phenomenal Patreon backers and supporters that I meet at conventions. So that way you can have a little bit of this, not just in this podcast form or online, but actually something you can take and, and feel and have. So my overall thoughts on all this, um, I'm going to go back to the old mantra of like Rome wasn't built in a day. That might be true, but they're laying bricks every hour, lay bricks every hour throughout the year. Enjoy that process of laying those bricks, but do lay the bricks write down your goals and revisit them often. If you're able to see them and be reminded of them, they're more likely to happen. That being said, this is a learning process. If you get through the year and your goal did not fill your bucket, well don't do that goal again. Use it as a guide towards creating more meaningful goals in the future. That doesn't mean if you're not hitting it or you're not filling your bucket immediately to give up on it. Don't do that. Most importantly though, with all of this, just have fun and enjoy the process. This should be something that helps you connect with the hobby more, um, something that you're able to be proud of at the end of the year, something that you'd want to, if this is your flavor, to raise a toast to and to celebrate you achieving, and something for you to learn a little bit more about the hobby, too. And so with all that, I just encourage you to try, uh, to put something pen to paper and put it out there to the world and try something, make it simple, make it meaningful, and make it smart. I'm curious to hear from you if you wouldn't mind to shoot me a message of some goals that you have for the upcoming year. Um, and that way I can set up a couple little reminders to actually send you a message throughout the year of the check in see how it's going. And so I'd like to be your accountability partner in some of this. And I'd like for you to also share some tips with me if you have any that have helped you in the past. Uh, but also just going to say it just good luck with all this. Have fun and enjoy it. Again, my name is Bruce Brown, and you can find me on Board Game Geek as Bruce Brown. Thank you for listening to Board Game Impact. I hope that learning about what experiences are going on for me is having a positive impact for you and your gaming group. You can learn more about me visiting the website, boardgameimpact.com. If you have any topics that you'd like to have discussed or want to shoot me those goals that you have, please shoot me an email at boardgameimpact at gmail.com. You can help me reach one of my goals by following me on Instagram, which is at boardgameimpact. You can like the Facebook page so you can get those videos I was talking about by going to Board Game Impact. I also just want to take a moment to thank my phenomenal Patreon backers for supporting the show. Your support means more than you can possibly know, and I'm so thankful that I have your encouragement going into this upcoming year. Speaking about the show, I've been doing some reflection over the past couple weeks, and I've updated some things with the Patreon for Board Game Impact, and so I wanted to share that with you real quick. And so what that is, is I have actually created a Slack channel. Slack will allow us to all connect, share experiences, tell our stories, um, give us updates about your goals, and really just connect together on board game related topics and tangential ones as well. For those who are unfamiliar with Slack, it's kind of like a group me, a group messaging service, but so much better because it has streamlined topics of conversation through these different channels, uh, similar to Reddit's subreddits. And to kick off the new year, you can be added to that Slack channel by simply backing the Board Game Impact Patreon for just a dollar at that supporter level. This reward will be going up to the regular player level at the end of January, 2018. And so while you're on the site, you can see a glimpse of the goals that I've had for enhancing the podcast and the other media platforms that I'm putting out here for you and creating for your benefit. In addition, I have some goals that'll be unlocked and there'll be a surprise. And so if you'd like to know where you can go to get access to that Slack channel, become an awesome backer, uh, just visit the Patreon, which is patreon.com boardgameimpact board game impact. Until next time, set some great goals and make your goals have a positive impact on the world.